Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. What is up, everybody? Here we are, not in the normal location of our uh, podcast. It's been a minute since we got out of the den that we normally podcast from, and we're actually out in Nevada currently, and our guest for today's show is Remy Warren. Hi, guys. Remy, you've already joined us, uh, and you are in one of what is still in the top 10 of our episodes. We have these little analytics we can go back and oh, check nice. out. nice. And uh, The Life of a Guide, where you joined us with also Paul Nice, uh, is still in the top 10. I believe it might even be in the top five, actually. Ooh. It's a good all one. Time. And now we're over 100 episodes, too, so that's a big deal. Uh, maybe this will be number one. Maybe. This could be number one valuable information that you're about to listen to. This could be. Oh. So with that said, everybody stay glued Buckle to that. Up. Stay glued to that radio, <laughs> computer, whatever, Walkman that you might be listening to this on. Can you can you listen to podcasts on Walkmans? I Should we come out think. with the CD-ROM version of the podcast eventually? It's probably the most practical. Maybe a Laserdisc tape deck kind of thing. Bottom line, if you like number one information. Numero uno. So, which brings us to our topic: taking exactly. a number two outside. <laughs> we actually do want to have that topic eventually. So, we discussed. Actually, the topic came up on our way over here, driving to Remy's house. And Remy, you mentioned yesterday that the weirdest thing you've ever eaten is what? A slug. Don't eat slugs. <laughs> you can't eat slugs. It's kind of something you're not really supposed to eat. No, I couldn't remember, though. It was like a, I was just doing like a survival thing just to test some skills. And I forgot. I was like, I found a slug, and I was like, I think I can eat these because I eat a lot of snails. But I always cook the snails. But then I took a bite of the slug and immediately remembered. You know, sometimes you, you think of things that you're like, the things that are like you can't eat, you remember because. The moment you crunched on them. Yeah, well, no, you're like, what? There's something about slugs. I've I've never eaten a slug. I'll I'll try a slug. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I think you can eat cooked slugs, but when they've got, like, they release this. What I remember about slugs is it happened the moment that I took a bite of it. (laughs) Is they, like, release (laughs) this, like, goo as a defense mechanism that fills your mouth with this, like, weird... I don't even know how to like. It's pro- is it just like the slug goo? It's like, it's like slime. slime. Yeah, but it, it like secretes it out of its skin like fast. Yeah, and more of it, and it fills your mouth, and it's the worst tasting, like worst texture, just like sticks, and you can't get it out. It is you immediately spit the slug out. That's like a frog grabs a slug, he's gonna be like, Bleh. like even a. I don't even think a frog would want to eat a slug. Ugh. And afterwards, when I got back to service, I researched it, and there's a lot of other weird things you can get from eating raw slugs, so I'm not the only person that's tried it. But it's probably like a Tide Pod challenge type thing people probably eat back in the day before oh, there was no. that kind of stuff. We're like, eat this slug, man. <laughs> Were you saying somebody had died from eating a slug? So, yeah, there was a news story not that long ago. Uh, I mean, I think within the last couple months where, man, I don't, I don't recall the exact circumstances. I think there could have been a dare involved. But, yeah, I mean, and I don't know, like we're talking about if the – Potentially, like, like almost like choked on it because of those secretions, or if, or if he got if some he sort of weird parasite from the slug. I don't know what it yeah. was, but it was you know pretty tragic to 
dude lost his life because he had a slug. As I did with the cinnamon challenge, I thought the trick to getting something disgusting down was to just just swallow it and get it over with as soon as possible. So I'd imagine if you did that and all that slime is just building up in your... I mean, pure pure speculation, but the bottom line, don't eat slugs. We're going to make T-shirts. We're going to make bumper stickers. We're going to travel school to school telling the children of the world, don't eat slugs. Don't eat it. I feel like the more you tell them not to do it, though, you'd be like, oh, well, why? Let me try this. (laughs) We should come up with some sort of uh, way to say that slugs are high in vitamins and that you should eat slugs so that kids don't. Yeah, they're like vegetables. Yeah, yeah they're veg. That's what we need to do, a campaign to call slugs vegetables. Kids will never eat them. I'll say yeah. this, though. I don't feel like, I don't think there's like a big problem, actually. Like, I don't think we're like really attacking like some sort of like the, Like the right actual now. like Tide Pod thing Remy kind of brought up earlier. That might yeah. be. Yeah, we should say Tide Pods have vitamins in their Weird vegetables. Deal. So with that said, because, because the slug thing came up in a matter of you know, discussing survival and you know, let's say you find yourself in some weird situation where you're out in the wilderness, you've run out of food, you've run out of water, you're out there in a place you didn't intend to be at a time you didn't intend to be out there. The conditions have worsened. I mean, any matter of things can happen where you wind up in a situation that you weren't exactly ready for, which maybe part of this is to just make yourself be ready for anything. Where do you Where do you start with somebody who's as you get into discussing things, obviously, being a guide, you're out in the wilderness all the time. I mean, for many, many days of the year, you still are. Yeah. And, you know, you have people that go out there. Like, what mindset do you try to get them into so as not to freak them out so they're always walking around paranoid? Like, at any moment, I could be, you know, Tom Hanks on an island with just a volleyball. Or, you know, but also not going out just sort of like, well, I, I'll be fine. I, you know, I know. I'll say this, Jim. Speaking of mindset, the, the scenario you just described, I already panicked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to put that on the table right now. Where do you start uh, with yeah. somebody like that? Or that, you know, oh, yeah. they're getting into this kind of hunting that's going to be out in the wilderness, camping, multi day stuff. Yeah. I think, I mean, you can, there's like survival stuff. But I also think that there's a lot to be said for just having good bush skills, um, as okay. I like to call it. Just like knowing how the basics and then kind of uh, like expanding those skills every time you're out there. I think a lot of people go into the wild or whatever unprepared because they haven't practiced some of the skills that you just take for granted. Hmm. Like, I don't know. what I, I did a filming thing quite a few years ago, and the guy that was actually uh, one of the videographers had done a lot of stuff for Nat Geo and other stuff, and we're out camping, and it was well below zero. And, you know, through the course of the thing, I was showing him, like, just some tricks on how to keep warm. Like, his sleeping pad wasn't good enough, so he took some garbage bags and put uh, pine boughs underneath his tent to get him up off the snow. And then, you know, I'd build fires and stuff. And he's like, it's probably one of the coolest compliments I ever got from somebody because he's like, man, I've been out with a lot of people. He's like, you're the bushiest guy I know. (laughs) He's like, I've never seen somebody build a fire as well as you. He's like, I've been everywhere, like Africa, all over the place. He's like, I've never seen anyone build a fire as, as good as you, like as fast and just efficiently with just stuff. Gosh, I'm and I was like, that's a cool fire. And I was like, he's like, you know, I started to think about it. I'm like, there's a lot of people that go out hunting that carry a lighter or whatever. They're like, I'll, I'll build a fire. And then have never built a fire out wherever they're at. Right. Yeah. It's like, 
you think, oh yeah, I'll just light, like I see a lot of people like, oh, I'll just like, I've got some toilet paper and I'll burn that and I'll light all this wet stuff on fire. That doesn't work. Like I've, I've been out with people and been like, oh, here, build a fire. And they just can't get a fire going. And it's, it's like one of those skills that you don't, it, it seems like you would know how to build a fire, but it's a skill I think that takes a lot of practice. I yeah. build a lot of fires. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm hiking and hunting and it's cold out and it's not like a fire danger or anything like that, when, when I sit down to glass, I'm striking up a fire. I'm not going to say, you know, I, I don't like to th- have to throw an extra jacket on. If I'm going to sit here for a few hours, I'll be like, okay, cool. Or we're watching some elk waiting for them late season. I'm not going to carry extra jackets and all this stuff because I just sit down. I just build a fire. As I'm hiking, I generally see some uh, pine pitch and some other stuff. I'm always looking for things to build a fire. I might, if I see some good, something that's going to start a fire really well, some good tinder, um, some good moss or whatever, I just grab that and stick it in my pocket. I generally take like a, if I have like a latex glove, I always just put my fire starter stuff in that as I'm walking. Like I never, okay. You know, it's just something I'm, oh, I'm yeah. always, when I'm hunt, like hunting, I'm always looking for things like that as well. I'll be like hiking up here and I'm mentally taking note of like good fire fuels wherever I'm at, like things. And if I go into a new area that I haven't been, I always go like mess around with different plants and see like what burns, how, how's this burn? What, what plants are more flammable than others? Like what's good stuff to make a fire? Just being really aware of your, the situation and then practicing in different environments. Like it just, I think it just doesn't get done because you kind of assume like, yeah, I've built a fire in my fireplace. I can build a fire. Right. And you're like, well, you've got all kinds of tools that you might not have out there. So actually building a fire in the environment that you're at is huge. Like that could be a lifesaver in so many situations. And generally in a survival or even just in a, like make yourself comfortable situation, you probably have what you need around you. You just don't know how to use it or put the pieces of the puzzle together. Can you walk us through like your typical way to start a fire? Oh yeah, I like, mean, do you put the log like what do you get like some logs or sticks or something? You put them in the little teepee thing. You put some like what's the best way? Oh yeah, I think the best way it's it's just all about like gathering good materials. Okay, so like dry. so many people try to build a fire with stuff that it's like you're just wasting your time. They don't get enough like stuff ready ahead of time. Okay. Like in my opinion, the best way to build like a good fire is built on all the work before you even strike it up. Like Hmm. if I'm going to, if I'm going to light that match, I'm going to know that I have everything I need right here within arm's reach to get that fire going. Like I'm not going to ever like strike it and then fail and then have to go find more stuff. Like it's for me, it's always just find the right stuff at the right time. Okay. Um, and have it, have it at hand. And then always, I always start small unless I've got, like there's certain plants like man you find browned dead pine like a pine that's brown and that thing oh, will light tough. up like it's like it's like adding throwing gasoline <laughs> yeah. on the you get a bunch of that and some big sticks and you, in 2 seconds you've got a ripping fire going too so it just depends where you're at but a lot of it comes down to the preparing and and finding the right stuff yeah to build your fire well cuz a fire can be used for warmth it can be used for cooking food it can be used for signaling yeah. I mean, so many things. It's it's got I mean, you talk about survival 101. I mean, fire. Fire is huge. Is massive. Yeah. But then there's if you're out in some of the some of the hardest places to build fires are like really wet places, mm-hmm. uh, southeast Alaska or actually I think really wet hardwood forests. That's really tough. Okay. And that's where you just got to really kind of 
figure out what burns well where you're at and mess around with some different stuff in the off season or hey, you're going Christmas tree hunting for, mm-hmm. with your family or what I don't know, just different outdoor activities, different times of year. You know, build a little fire. You go camping, try to get a fire going with just some of the stuff around, not just always the lighter fluid and <laughs> blowtorch. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Now, some people, when they think about survival and being out in the wilderness, they they succumb to the marketing of it all, where they think they need seven different multi-tools they need three different knives. One's a giant machete. One's a smaller blade. One's like the little Swiss Army thing. Then they need seven, you know, five shovels. They need, I mean, they all of a sudden go out there with enough stuff to basically outfit a small army. Yeah. What's, what's your bare minimum kit that you're going out with where it's like this stuff will have a purpose when I'm out there, but it's also going to come in handy if I get in a pinch? Yeah, I think... I always carry a first aid kit. It's probably a little bit underdone in some in some aspects. I like something um, that's pretty light. But uh, I'll say, you know what I'll do is I'll just kind of run through my gear a little bit, just like some the non-hunting essential gear. Mm-hmm. So I've got, let's say I've got a backpack. So I, I generally always have a backpack. I've got a water bottle. And then what I do is on that water bottle, I wrap duct tape around it. So then I always have oh, duct tape okay. handy. That duct tape is probably what you'll use more than anything in your first aid kit. Like if I cut myself, boom, duct tape's right there. It's on my water bottle. It's handy. If I need to seal something or whatever, that duct tape's right there. If you if you use trekking poles, I also put duct tape on all my trekking poles. Okay, sure. So it's like I have that in a spot where I see it, I know about it, it's easy to get to, I don't have to dig around. So if I cut myself or something happens or even, I mean, you you know, I put duct tape around that bottle so I could just fix something really fast. You know, if you yeah. have uh, some kind of crazy puncture or whatever, you can you could use it for splinting and other stuff. It's like that duct tape's right there, handy on that water bottle. Another thing that I generally always have is some kind of cordage, like uh, paracord or, you know, some kind of rope or whatever, mostly paracord. Uh, there's this thin Kevlar is it the same is that orange stuff they use for tents sometimes but it's super thin yeah super thin it's made out of kevlar it doesn't burn or anything like you can't freight like if the ends you can't oh yeah or you melt it down sometimes you can't even have does it have reflective material in it some of it does yeah that stuff oh and if you tie it real tight it cuts your hands basically yeah you could like saw with it It's, it's it's kevlar string it's really thin i think it's i mean it's like super thin diameter and has 300 pound tensile strength but it's also kind of hard to work with a little bit too Mm because it's um but if you just you know like that's something you could always have in your pocket or in your pack so some kind of cordage because that works really good for securing things you know like if fixing things you know you might have oh your tent broke or you lost you forgot a stake or you could you know you might need to use it to secure a tarp or something like that like cordage is always great to have lower your pack down off of something yeah like it gets you in out of a lot of crazy situations just having that there i mean there's been times even when i've used it to tie an animal off to butcher it so it doesn't slide down to oh, the sure. bottom yep plenty oh. of times where i've taken my pack off because you go oh man this is a pretty dicey spot that imbalance of the pack could be a life or death thing, but it could be pretty easy if you can sit down or turn around and, and climb back 
down a different way. So lowering your pack down with some cordage. That's why the paracord works because it's a little bit better than that thin stuff. It'll cut your hands. Right. Yeah, so I, I, I carry that. And then I always carry at least one or two garbage bags, like contractor grade, really thick garbage bags mm-hmm. because I use them for a lot of things. The primary thing I use the, the garbage bag for is once I've shot something, I use it to line my backpack. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll put the game bags in the garbage bag so my pack doesn't get all bloody and, and soaked through. Okay. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't put meat in, garb- in plastic. That's not true. You know, you cool the meat like down and then breathe. put it in. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's going to be in your pack anyways. Yeah. You might as well keep, especially in bear country, keep your pack from getting blood soaked and smelling. I was just going to say, is that just hazard. to like keep your back nice or is it actually yeah, it's, probably. No, to- it's to keep your bag nice. But in bear country, I've hunted with guys that are like, oh man, I don't have, I mean, I've literally packed out thousands of animals from clients and everything all in that way in my backpack in a plastic bag and never had anything go bad. So anybody that says it's bad is, is incorrect. It just helps keep the scent. I'm sure yeah. of all that blood. But yeah, I've, well, I've had guys like, like in, in Alaska not have that their, their bags get soaked with blood and it's really wet, damp climate. Yeah. And that stuff starts like it go, it smells sour. And then the next day when you go to pack out, you're putting meat in a bag that is like soured. Yeah, it's like rotten. Yeah, because it gets in the fibers of the pack yeah. and it smells rotten and you're like, man, you you smell bad. You're going to attract bears for sure. Interesting. Like that's, yeah, so I, I always have those those plastic bags. I mean, that's such a good tip too because you want to use your pack again and you're probably going to be using it again, like you said, on that same hunt. You're like, you're putting your, your puffy jacket in there, what yeah. anything, and now it's being like completely contaminated with like, rotten <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 because once you you know you, you aren't like leaving it in over as soon as i stop or whatever and get to camp then i take the meat out and keep it in the game bags hang it up and then i'll turn that plastic bag inside out let it air out and get all the blood or whatever that was in there right. out and then the next day fold it back in and put the stuff in and keep going so i always have those those bags but i've also used those garbage bags for so many different different things like if you let's say you have to stay a night like an unwanted night out wherever having that waterproof barrier is awesome like they're big enough and durable enough you could literally just crawl up in that and kind of traps your heat right it's like a poor man's bivy yeah exactly (laughs) uh you could build like a tarp with it there's times where i've been in the high country and i just use that like there's no water but there's snow so i'll put the snow on top of that bag and then funnel it to a bottle just sitting there and then the sun hits that black plastic bag melts the snow and then pours it right into your bottle Oh, okay. Um, God, there's, I, I mean, there, I've used it a thousand ways. I've used them, um, um, one time I was hiking, it was actually just a trip that I took, uh, like a backpacking trip in, um, the Dominican Republic to this mountain Pico Duarte. And we, I didn't like bring anything, but I had a garbage bag <laughs> and it was so cold, like just sleeping on the ground. And I just took that garbage bag piled it up with like ferns and branches and everything and made a sleeping pad with it. And then I was warm because all that cold air from the ground, yeah, like it really chills you down. So sometimes just making, even doing that and then throwing your sleeping mat or whatever on it, it's a great way to just stay warm. So like if you had to sleep out there at night, you got two garbage sacks. One, it's just easier to keep that, especially if the stuff's wet, you can put the wet stuff in a bag, but it insulates you from the ground and then you can crawl in the other one or whatever. And, make like a little a little nest inside whatever shelter you make That's or even make wild. a shelter out of it. The can, thing I respect yeah. most about 
about listening to Remy stuff is that but you, you like to travel light, right? You like to travel I, light and fast. Okay. And a lot of times I feel like you find yourself in situations where basically everybody else on the planet would be dead. <laughs> you're, you're just like, you're very, it's, it's very me, bushy. Not me, I brought a trash yeah. bag. It's very bushy. Yeah, that's, they, that's, 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 that that's my new, that's that, my new word. Oh, so bushy, bro. <laughs> bushy, so bushy. Yeah. Bushy, bro. Yeah. Bushy, yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I say that because like when I, I try, I travel light, but I don't travel light because I've gotten that way because of a couple reasons. Carrying all the camera equipment for solo hunters. Mm-hmm. My pack is like 60 pounds of camera gear, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, I have no room for all the additional other crap. I just have to get everything else down to the basics because I can't skimp on batteries, lenses, tripod. Yeah. You, I just can't. I have to carry all that camera stuff too. Plus, you've got your food and everything. So I really kind of lightened up my gear but still carry a heavy pack. Yeah. And then when mm-hmm. I'm guiding, I have a heavy pack because you know, I'm responsible for other people's enjoyment of whatever the outdoors. So in those cases, I have a lot more stuff. I'm like, okay. But when it's my own personal stuff, I like to have multiple uses for everything that I take along. And a lot of times, you know, you kind of forget the stuff that you have with you and what you can use it for. Like rain gear, if you got your rain gear, I mean, that's a great way to just stay warm. You don't need an extra warm jacket. Like a lot of guys will bring like their jacket and then an insulation layer and then rain gear. I just go, I'll just throw the rain gear on and walk around if I get cold. Mm -hmm. Cut the wind or whatever. It's one layer and get rid of the real, the warm layer because you can move around in your rain gear if you're going to be hiking or whatever. There's a lot of just ways that you can get around stuff by just using the things you have. A lot of dudes carry rain gear and won't pull it out in an entire week. I'll be like, oh, instead of taking this puffer, I'll just leave that and just take the rain gear and throw it on and be warm. Mark just gave I, me the look like I, I can't make that sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I, this might be the I love first the puffy thing. Too much. This might be the first thing that Remy has ever said that Mark might not I'm, immediately go along. Nah, with. I'll still do it now. <laughs> but uh, when you're talking about rain gear and trash bags, though, like makeshift rain gear, you know, if yeah, you, if makeshift you rain gear. I've I've crossed many a rivers. That's all Poncho is. In oh, waiters. Double double trash bags. Yeah. Oh, explain that. How you do? How you're doing that? Yeah. I'm, so I'm trying to picture. Are you just doing it like a uh, like one of those? Um, Burlap sack races? Yeah, uh, I know. You go one <laughs> each leg. <laughs> you probably die that way. What I do, I go one each leg. I put it. I put my. I put it over my boot, and then I put my gator over the trash bag. Oh, and then I down. and then I run it up to my pants and tie it off at the top on my belt loop. Okay, nice. sure. And yeah. then go across. Nice. I've crossed many a frozen river that way. Is that they, like a one use thing? Yeah, it's about a one use thing. Maybe okay. you can get a couple more because what happens is you know. Your your boot tears up the bottom part. Yeah, but um, oh, against the rocks, against and stuff. the rocks. Yeah, and you kind of almost want it to do that for a little bit of traction, depending on where you're at. Sure. But when you put the gator over it, it runs the it keeps the water. You know, like you run that gator really tight, so that plastic layer in between then goes to your waterproof boot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it works as kind of like a little bit of a wader system that you can use a couple times if you had to. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I've used it just like climb you know like okay we've got we hunted all day now we're crossing the river to go back to camp mm-hmm. boom throw that on cross sweet then you don't have to like dry off or whatever bring a whole set of waders we know all about bringing whole sets of waders yeah like we needed them duck hunting waders we needed them for the thing we were on this is this is hearkening it, back to boats and bows that was uh, a river trip gone awry river mm-hmm. trip fiasco we spent more time walking the boat than we did in the boat uh um 
Yeah, and we had a boat that looked something like a miniature cruise ship crossing the Atlantic or the <laughs> Pacific. I would have expected to see Maersk on the side of our boat with how much <laughs> gear we had packed into that thing. Anyway. Anyway, anyway. But, you know, you'd, you'd like be prepared, not prepared. We, uh, I killed a bull back in Washington, which is, you know, generally super rainy during the rifle season. It was actually um, pretty rain, rainy the day that I killed it, but we were getting it out the next day, and it was like bluebird. And we're like, okay, we're going light and fast. We know we got to get this bull out. Like, it's like, it looks like it is today. Like, you know, not a cloud in the sky. The instant we start working on the bull, like it starts to rain. And my dad, I had uh, waterproof layers, but my dad and my brother didn't. And so my dad had a trash bag and he just made a, made a quick rain jacket and we worked on the bull. And my brother actually got wet, possibly mildly uh, hypothermic, but not my dad because he had a trash bag. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> it's great. It's multi-use. That is. That is. All right, so you've got thus far basically everything that I would expect a serial killer to have in their truck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, duct tape, you have rope, duct tape, <laughs> and garbage bags, and then handcuffs. No, just kidding. Because <laughs> you never know when you're getting to handcuff yourself to a branch. Yeah, and then outside of that, I mean, and then the little first aid kit. I always in my first aid kit, I always keep an extra lighter and um, some of those like wet fire those fire the starters little, like, cube things. the cube things those are pretty good or some kind of like fire starter just in case you don't want to take extra time to go find something that's good tinder yeah right um that's those are great those are awesome to have i think that's that's pretty standard what i mean are you do you so do you carry two lighters uh, or like what like what's your like fire the make actual fire implements that you carry pretty much just a standard big lighter most of the time okay um, because I, I keep that extra one in my first aid kit for a lot of reasons there's been many there's been a couple trips where i've like hiked all the way in and forgot a lighter and it wasn't to make a fire but just to start my jet boil thing or oh, whatever sure and once you've eaten cold water mountain house for a week you're like i'll never do that again <laughs> i didn't really i i now know i would uh that's another thing don't try. I was just putting like glacier water in this uh, pasta primavera used to be my favorite mountain house meal, and then glacier water ruined it for me. It was like wet. I was wet and cold, and I'm like camping under this rock below this glacier, and I'm eating cold pasta primavera because I forgot my freaking lighter for the stove, and it tasted like throw up. And I can I have not eaten pasta primavera since. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because of the what, glacier water, huh? Was it the just glacier so water? it was cold and then like mixed. It just didn't. Was it silty? Oh, I mean, it, it wasn't the water that had anything to do with it. It was just the temperature of the cold water. Okay. It was like it. The smell of it smelled like throw up. It like tasted just terrible. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> I would just eat it without water, like just the dried. Yeah, it's like yeah, uh, it's, croutons. Yeah, it's way better. I didn't. Pasta I croutons. don't know why I didn't think of that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just soak it up with this water, and it was just cold out. Like it was just. Uh, really cold, kind of <laughs> like brain freeze cold, and never really hydrated well, and had this weird throw up smell. And I just I imagine uh, like that really turned me off on it. Like the the acidity of the like yeah, possibly match the acidity of ugh. it doesn't sound none of that no, sounds was, good. And talk about miserable, like you're cold, yeah, wet, you're like, uh, and now you're eating a cold. And I was like, man, I just wish I had like something. I was trying everything too. I was like, maybe if I hit these two rocks and just nope. <laughs> I was like, what about my? Uh, I think I forgot my spoon too. So that uh, I forgot a lighter and a spoon on the same trip. But I had everything else. Tape. Yeah. What are those? Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like the little. Um, 
the little rod, and then you can like flick it. Yeah, and like make a, a spark and steel kind of thing. Maybe maybe that just is what it is a yeah. flint and steel. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. So I was messing or around. Fire striker. I was, I was, this was actually two days ago. I was practicing my bushcraft in the kitchen, which actually I very rarely do. So like that's actually <laughs> like one of my big uh, goals is to like even just like out in the yard like practice some fire stuff, whatever. But I'd never used it, and I was like, well, I wonder. I, I grabbed a, a, a cotton ball that I, it wasn't soaked in uh, Vaseline just or anything cotton. like that, just a cotton ball, and I kind of sp- pulled it apart a little bit on a, on a plate by the sink. Uh, a paper plate. <laughs> yes. I can see where this is going. It was now. a paper plate pa- uh, coated in uh, gasoline. Yeah. And, uh, but I hit that thing with a spark. And yeah. like I was expecting it, like maybe a spark to hit, and for it to like maybe create like some little ember, and maybe particular, like maybe I'd have to blow on it. No, it was like an explosion of fire on one of our dinner plates. Uh, <laughs> I was I was actually quite impressed with the whole ordeal. You're like uh, wow, uh, and and it actually burnt for like a a little bit longer than I guess I anticipated for something that went up that fast. Like it kept a flame for you know I don't know ten seconds maybe something oh, yeah. like that. You know, nice. So don't practice. Fire starting in your kitchen. Like, it, it exceeded my expectations of what was going to result. <laughs> so, speaking of called Bukey Mountain House and eating. Yeah. Let's say you're, in, you're back there, and have you found yourself in situations where you don't have the mountain house on hand? And now you're, I mean, I guess you must have because you tried eating a slug once. Oh, but, yeah, but I mean, those were like intentional situations. Okay. Those weren't like do or die situations. I mean, there's been times where I've just gone like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go for five days or four days. And, and then I'm like, I haven't seen anything. And I'm way back here. And I'm like, man, I could hike out now or hunt another day, but I don't really have any food left for a day or two more. You know, I mean, I've, I've been in those situations. I'm like, oh, I'll just keep going more intentional, not unintentional. And do you just start just foraging knowing that you're things? just not going to eat? Yeah, I mean, in those situations, you're just kind of going to run on a calorie deficit. I mean, there's times where if I see stuff that I can eat, yeah, I'll, I'll pick it, grab it, whatever. In that particular instance, there was just nothing there, really. It was like fall, high alpine, like you're way above timberline. There's really not a lot. Right. You know, by the time you dig something up, you just burn enough calories <laughs> to be like... Uh, but I mean, in the springtime, I'll I'll, I'll uh, do that. If I go on like a trips or whatever, where I know there's going to be like a lake or something like that, like I've I've caught fish and do all that stuff, like kind of supplement what I bring in. There's a lot of trips that I've been on where it's like, especially um, Australia is really good for it. You think it's like this big desert, and there's just so much food out there. Really? Yeah. Really? You, you, I mean, like most of the time when we go out there, we just bring like a couple things, and we're in food, just more food than you can handle. And, like, what is it primarily, like, vegetation or, or little um, critters? Some, or? some vegetation, yeah, just animals, like uh, aquatic animals in some of the ponds, like uh, freshwater shrimp, uh, crayfish, other fish, um, lots of fish. Do you carry, like, a little pack rod with you pigs. or something then? Or how do you get the fish? Yeah, some kind of just string and okay. catch it. I've actually caught fish. I've taken a paracord out in Montana it's just been like bow hunting during mm-hmm. the bow season and like okay cool like get up to the stream or whatever lake and it was actually a lake and just uh, deconstructed the paracord and took the inside things out made a little line took a, a square stick and caught a grasshopper not a square stick just a little stick tied string in the middle mm-hmm. sharpen it like a little toothpick stick it in there and then toss it out 
trout comes up, they grab it, and they just give them a lot of slack, and they just go to the bottom and wait for them to swallow it. And you pull it, and the stick then goes the opposite direction. It gets stuck in their throat. Pull it in. Fish. Okay. Fascinating. That is awesome. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, so yeah, maybe it actually I'm like does. Describing yeah, you, it. So, you so you, up, he swallows it, and it goes down the nice way, the yeah, long the nice way. way. And then when you pull it, it ends up going perpendicular to yeah. their throat. And yeah, it just, exactly. Yeah, I've caught a lot of fish that way. Seriously? Um, wow. Yeah. But you gotta, the, the, the trick is you got to give them like enough slack to take it. Yeah, so yeah. like almost sometimes I've even done it where if I don't have a lot of cordage, um, tie it to something that floats. Sure. And then you kind of like you toss it out there and then let them take it and like let them, let them digest that for a little while. Don't just be like, it's not like, oh, well, set I mean, the, the hook. Stick, yeah, because the stick's not Yeah, because they'll anywhere. take it. They aren't going to, like they'll, they don't mind the, you know, the string as much. You know, in in those places, most of the time, it's not like these real leader shy fish, anyways. Right. <laughs> uh, like Pretty tenacious little buggers. Yeah. Is that the kind of thing you just came up with? Like you're just sitting there and you're like, ah, I bet this would work. Or is this? Did that, you like read about that somewhere? Or? I'm sh- I have no clue. I don't know. I've been doing this <laughs> since I was a kid. <laughs> like I don't even know. Probably some book somewhere. Yeah. I would have just been like, oh, I guess I need to bring a fish hook, but yeah. apparently not. You can make a fish hook. Apparently not. I think that's the easiest fish hook to make. I've tried making lots of different types of fish hooks out of other stuff. Yeah. Out of like pin. Like there's been a lot of times like, Safety oh man, I wish. Yeah. That I that doesn't work. That I'm tried that. Doesn't really work as well. Bend, just bend too easily. Once yeah. It gets like set, yeah. It, it doesn't really. Yeah. You're like oh a safety pin because there's always one in my first aid kit. I've tried it. I think if maybe you got like your multi tool and like bent it into a better hook. Right. But yeah. then like attaching the line to it's tough. I think you're better off with just the the stick. Just the stick. Side. But it takes a little, you got to kind of judge the size of the fish and then your stick and you need like a good bait. Um, but yeah. I've even done that in like random places with bananas. Like turn a f- banana. Like just into, the yeah, banana itself. The banana, not like the yeah. No, no, just a piece of banana with a stick in it out there. <laughs> Would they eat the banana? Yeah, they eat the banana. Everybody's like fishing bananas on boat. No, fish love to eat bananas. <laughs> like catfish <laughs> eat bananas. I've caught catfish with bananas. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I never, that that wouldn't have crossed my mind as mm-hmm. like a bait. Yeah. I would, you know, like they said, like hoppers, worms, grubs, whatever, anything. But I was like, I I had this banana one day and I was like, I don't really, I mean, bananas are okay, but it'd been in my pack and all smashed and weird. And I was like, man, I'd really like a fish, but I have no bait. I was like, threw the banana out there and caught a fish. So I was like, sweet. (laughs) 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 It's brilliant. Okay, so yeah, when so you, fire starter, yeah, yeah. banana. Yeah, I mean, but it would be way easier if you knew you are going in there, just bring like um, a little hook and sinker and little thing. Like yeah, a little yeah. split line. shot. Yeah. Off, the, off you go, yeah. The thing that gets me is that what, what you're describing, I feel, like, I feel like in many ways there could have been, there's almost two different types of survival podcasts, if you will, that, that could, this could have gone down two different routes. Because you have some people that, some people that are like, there's a piece of equipment for everything, right? Like, there's this thing that this company makes, and there's this thing that this company makes, and that's not necessarily the wrong way, but also then there's the, I guess, if you will, the Remy way, which is a little bit more like if you were to go back in time when we didn't necessarily have all these... It's cool like a hybrid. It's a hybrid, yeah, because it's not like you're going out there with just like, you know, like a rock and, and the loincloth. Yeah. yeah. But people, the human race is obviously here in 2019 for a reason, because many people survived in the wilderness for many, many years, and started figuring things out like industrialization and all that stuff. And they didn't really necessarily have 
high tech equipment. They just used what they had around them. That just seems yeah. like what you're able to do a lot is you just figure out how can I use things that are around me. Well, you spend enough time and then just it's just fun stuff to try too. It's like oh, I'll try this or I'll try that. I've tried a lot of different different things. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. But you're like, eh, just give it a try. See if you're ever in a situation where you need to use it. Most of the time, I just use it as recreational. Or you're like, ah, oh, I just didn't even. I mean, how many times do you go out and you're like, oh, it'd be nice if I had whatever a fish to eat be right. great i've got stuff but if i had a fish but i hadn't brought enough fishing stuff so oh here i'll just make some fishing stuff cool yeah yeah well it seems like with some of the stuff it's like well like you said you're doing it because like you know yeah it'd be nice to have a fish to eat like it's going to make your time outside better but also like you're kind of doing some of the stuff when times are good like yeah so then if you need to when times are bad like pra- practice when the times are good yeah, exactly. Which if is you hard only, to do because like you get in, for you get in hunt get mode bad. though. You're like hunt, 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 hunt. Yeah. Like I got to focus on the hunt. Like I don't have time to mess around with this other stuff. Yeah, but you sh- maybe should be. I don't know. One thing I wonder too is like, how do you go in and I don't want it to sound like a stupid question. Like, how do you know when you're out hunting in the wild and things have gone from just regular sucking? You know, like no, yeah. it's just cold, wet, whatever hot, dry, you name the situation. How do you know when it's gone from that to, oh, wait, I should actually really be considering not necessarily focusing so much on hunting and probably just surviving? You know, like, what? That that's such a gray area, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just got to know, like, all right, am I in too deep? What, <laughs> how am I going to get out of here? I mean, there's there's plenty of times I've been in places where it's like I know, okay, if I go up there and it gets dark, I can't come down this in the dark. Yeah. You know? So right. you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to sleep up there. All right. Well, what do I have with me? I, I like, thought he was uh, going to say, oh, I just don't go up there. But no, I can't. No, I'll just, I'll go still. Yeah, I'm just going to sleep, sleep up, there. up there. So you're like, <laughs> you know, you kind of just be like, okay. And then you just got to not, I mean, there's been plenty of times, especially it happens more often like tar hunting in New Zealand where you're like late in the season. Because what happens is the snow, it gets sun on it. And then it, you can walk up it and you get up there. But as soon as the shadow hits it, it just freezes hard again. And you're like, there's no way I can get down this. Like, I'll no. die. So you just go, okay, well, I'm going to have to sleep up here. Generally, in those type, those, like, if you're in that kind of situation, they'll be like, okay, well, at least I'm going to have my sleeping bag and sleeping pad. And then I'll just find a rock to sleep under or use my, use my garbage sacks and kind of make a little shelter. There's been plenty of times where I've just kind of made an additional shelter with the garbage bags, just put like a rock in one corner and then tie your paracord around it and loop it around something, kind of secure it, make like a little, little area, you hmm. know, a little, sometimes you just do, do that when you're camping, just to kind of have like a little cook station. You got your little tarp or garbage bag. Sometimes Does it just kind of like a, a wind tarp. break and kind of yeah. like a break if it's raining or something then? Yeah. Or? You're just like, oh, it's better to just make my dinner underneath something that's not mm-hmm. wet yeah. <laughs> all the time. When you're when you're looking for that shelter spot, I mean, is it generally like do you do you just find wherever there's some cover, or are you finding like oh the east facing slope and you know and uh, it just depends where you're at. I yeah. think yeah. Um, I mean, very rarely do you have to do anything like that. I used to do it a lot more when I was younger, just because I'd just be like I'd just be like go 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 go, and I'll just be like I'll just sleep wherever I stop. Like, that's just what I did. Like, I didn't even, didn't even think about it. I'd just be like, yeah. I might have some kind of, like, survival bivy and just be like, yep, yeah, cool. I'll sleep under that rock. Sweet. And then I'll hunt this tomorrow, and then I'll just keep going tomorrow. I did that a lot. Like, Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just how, what I like to do. What do you What do you like for? Do you carry like a tarp or something if you don't plan on spending the night? No, no, no. I mean, just the garbage bag. Just the garbage bag. Yeah, I mean, sometimes yeah, it depends. I, I, I mean, I've uh, sometimes I'll have like a little tarp in my bag. Just depends where I'm going, what I'm doing, um, like how wet it is. Right. Like uh, you know, like last year I did like a back country tar hunt and it just it was miserable weather it was just wet 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 so i threw in like one of those collapsible just like tarps because i'm like okay that i mean when it's wet and cold and like that you just want that little extra something in case you need it mm-hmm. I'm like okay if i get up there and have to spend the night at least i've got something to kind of warm up you know and then i made sure i had that insulation layer and my rain gear too mm-hmm. so i'm like okay cool i got a little bit of extra stuff because the conditions mm-hmm. you know if it's like summer and wherever maybe won't have that so just okay, depends yeah. right and was that like like a tart like a like a tarp from the hardware store or kind of like more like a design like more of like a tarp shelter like uh more like a tarp shelter okay not space blanket and not they make like the reflective tarp you know, it's right. it's like an actual tarp with a reflective side in between those two. Okay. Okay. Is what I took. But I would probably take something more durable next time because we ended up using it as like a or like a kitchen area. Mm-hmm. And it was okay, but it's more single use. You could, you know, it wasn't real durable. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It was all right. Worked out. I feel like a lot of the big hunting gear stores now are going to start carrying garbage bags garbage bags yeah <laughs> the best the the best <laughs> garbage bags i get the what is it the con it's like a yellow box of contractor bags i think home depot sells them and then costco has some pretty solid ones like the big leaf bags yeah. they're actually kind of heavy right they're real thick i don't know how many mills they are but they're they're a, a pretty solid they're not like the they're not like the stretchy kind no don't I, the stretchy scented kind no those are <laughs> <laughs> those are terrible <laughs> they're like the thick kind that's like you, you couldn't punch through it yeah yeah i know the ones you're talking about and actually we had some at one time and i and i used them i think well i used them mostly for yard stuff i was keeping a, one in my packet and uh but I haven't been able to find them again. Like even I'm like, okay, it says like industrial yeah, black hard garbage bag, and I'm like, no. Like I open it up, it's like the stretchy kind. Yeah, contractor grade is generally what they're called. They're kind of expensive. Yeah, like a box might be. I think they they make the kind that line like a 55 gallon drum. Another one that's um, like if you want a smaller one, a compact like trash compactor bags are pretty thick. I've found. Oh, but okay. Trash compactor bags are shaped weird. They've got too many seams and they kind of leak. So still go with the big contractor bags. Again, I've tried every kind of bag. The stretchy, uh, the stretchy scented ones sometimes have those little red ribbon cords around the top. Though you might be able to use that for something. You probably could. The thing to tie them off with. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the only reason. Yeah, you, that's the only thing you'd ever use out of them anyway. Though otherwise, the yeah. bag is kind of useless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could tie your tag onto your animal with it, maybe. Yeah, but I think that you know if you go out, you should just. Okay, kind of just pay attention and and just know some basic skills that you might end up having to use. And it's one of those basic skills is just being aware of your surroundings and being aware of like what you have with you and how you can use that in different ways. That's a skill in itself is just being cognizant of like what you have and then build some kind of confidence just by 
doing stuff outdoors. I mean, it doesn't have to be like when you aren't hunting, when you're doing other things, you know, build that fire, make a fire when you're camping, like do some other things where it's like, okay, I have enough skills where I feel more comfortable in the outdoors. I feel fairly self-reliant. And I think that like, if I got in over my head, like, I think I'll be okay. I've got enough stuff with me and then always bring what you need to feel confident and comfortable if a situation does arise. So like, you're like, I don't have that many skills. Like I don't spend a lot of time outside. So yeah, I'm going to bring the extra whatever in case something happens. Like if you know you're really prone to getting lost and then bring extra stuff because you will probably get lost. I don't know. That's just like I, uh, mostly common sense. Uh, I, uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I still bring a GPS fully charged. I bring my phone with my Onyx maps, and hopefully I've saved my maps for my area that I'm going to be in prior to the hunt. Uh, I've tried to do it, like, on the road when you're like, oh, man, I need to save the map for this area. And then you're, like, (laughs) loading, 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 and you're watching your battery drain and spinning. You're like, okay, yep. And your service as you're driving closer and closer (laughs) to your destination is losing bars. Yes. Yeah. And then it's I carry like 200, a, it's like 285 of 300 megabytes. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. done. Uh, and then I have a compass. And then probably uh, what I, what I haven't, I, I, I used to carry, I lost it, uh, a whistle. I should probably still be carrying a whistle. Mark, you are a quintessential overpacker. No, that's like, those are my keys to survival. Like I just see Mark going right out there. like, do, do, do. He's like got like the, the backpack with the rolled up knapsack at the on top. The ba- yeah, on the top <laughs> of like, the backpack. Yeah, is about and like two the times scout his whistle height. and like <laughs> that's short, it. shorty shorts for sure. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, he's whistling yeah. I just, to himself. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I, I, we've talked about this before, but I, ch- I, th- I think I, ch- I attribute it, and maybe this is or isn't the case to like being the little brother and like, my dad always knew where he's going, and like my brother was in front of me, and I was, and all I had to do was just follow their footsteps. So like, I could, you know, might be prone to getting distracted too, Jim. But like, oh, cool bird, and like, what's this? And oh, deer tracks, you know. I'm like, oh, there's my brother. I better, you know, catch up, you know. And <laughs> that's uh, fair. The, and I just, I don't know. Where well, did the overpacking thing come from, though? Because you have. You have this duffel bag, and it is my least favorite duffel bag on the planet. I hate it when the duffel bag comes but out. But we've only it's been... It's the a- size of this coffee table. Yeah, you could use it uh, as a shelter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Multi-purpose. Yeah, it's waterproof. Okay, yeah. that's... Uh, actually, well, it's like not, how has, waterproof is has it? has holes in it now. Yeah. Um, so the, the trips we've been on, like, I've been... Um, you're not limited, right? So, like, if we were, were going to go, like, on a hunt, like, I still might have more stuff than Remy. I'm not ditching the puffy jacket. But, like, I can pare it down. But then I'm more cognizant of, like, do I want to get super wet today, right? Because e- even rain gear kind of gets wet. You know? Sweat inside. Yeah. Sweat and stuff like that. So, like, like, I feel like you just, like, then I'm a little bit more careful of some things like there's, that. There's, like, a happy medium. Because if you take too much stuff, then I can actually weigh you down or hold you back and right, potentially yeah. put you almost in a more dangerous position if you're attached to it too much, you know. Right. If you take too little, then, of course, you could be without yeah. critical things. I mean, my pack is, like, I would say I'm pretty in the middle, you know. I, I take what I need. I try to lighten it up when I can, but I don't really, like, I'm not, the t- I'm not I wouldn't consider myself an ultralight guy. I'm not cutting the handle off my toothbrush. I'm not shaving the corners off of a map. I'm not trimming down my mountain house packs. Like I'm like 
sack up, dude. Be stronger. Carry more. It's okay. Like, <laughs> you know? At lightweight. Okay. I'm more about, at, like, things that pack Dave. down in space. At lightweight, Dave. Yeah. This one's... So, I'm just like, yeah. Toughen up. Lose 10 pounds, and then you, you, know, you can throw it in your backpack. You're fine. <laughs> Oof. It? No, I'm just kidding. You Sorry. know what, though? That's that's a nice little reality check. It is. Well, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, well, my hey, dad, what's a good piece of gear? Toughen up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> my dad was like, you know, he was always like complaining. Oh, my whatever. This is tough. My pack's so heavy. And then he lost like 30 pounds, and he's like, yeah, that was a lot. E- it's like a lot easier now. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I've, I've pinpointed the problem. Yeah, he's like, this is way easier. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah, wild how that works out. Yeah, that. Pro- well, you know, and you talk about, and I mean, I've been saying all week. Like, I mean, I have not. I am not a physical specimen right now. I'm not feeling great about that, and I'm not proud about that. But you talk about survival, right? Being fit enough and having the gas to keep going. Oh, that's when huge. you need to keep going, like that's actually a huge survival tool. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Just being like not overdoing it to the point where you get yourself into a bad situation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's and I'm not yeah, I'm I'm just saying like I think a lot of people nitpick over, oh, this is three ounces lighter than that, and this is six ounces lighter than that. Like if you want it and it's something that you find useful, bring it. Like I like to have a light that's um one thing that I think is like frivolous or whatever is just like I like to have a, a light that's really bright, like a handheld almost like a spotlight kind of thing. Because if it's so much easier to navigate through like cliffy stuff in the dark, if you can beam that or if you're in like bear country, shine it here, like make sure there's no bear around. Okay. Like yep. a bright flashlight. Cause sometimes just headlamps just not enough. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for as far as like bad country navigation. So I was like, I'll throw that in because it's something that I enjoy having. Right. You know, it's like if, and there's, you know, what I do like too is the, uh, I've taken, I've started to take those puffer pants on a lot of trips. I don't wear them. pants. I don't wear them hunting, but camping, so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like wearing a sleeping bag. Yeah. Like that you walk around in. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, once I uh, bring this product to market, I will probably carry it as well. A pee tube for your tent. How many times are you in your tent and it's like night and you're it's cold out and you're like I gotta pee but I don't want to go outside. So you just you just you just walk up to a tube yeah. and you pee into you the just tube. Pee into just, the tube. They, just, I think every tent should have them standard. Just a pee tube. Now is that a thing that already just exists? A little, or is no, something just you're a little inventing? I'm inventing it right now. <laughs> I think you have it was prior, just invented prior art on it now. Yeah, so it was, as, as of this podcast, invent, yeah. I don't think anybody else should try making that no. or else. And come after him. Yeah. I've or heard. like maybe just like a backcountry catheter. Oh. Okay, that's a different from a regular catheter, yeah. I think. Is it made no, I think it's the same. You just market it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all marketing. Nah, it'll yeah. never work. I don't think it works good too. That. Like then, if you've got a lot of layers on, then it's just easy. You just got your catheter you in go. and you just go. Oh, man. I ran right into that down. the other day. Right? Was whitetail hunting, dude. I was bundled up, 19 bazillion layers on, had my harness on. I'm basically strapped into my clothing. Yeah. And then, boom, nature calls. I, I needed the... Now, what do there you could do be a tree the... stand version, too. It's 20 feet long, just right to the ground. <laughs> I think they already have that. You, well, it, you, again, you just market it different. Just take beer bongs. There you go. And well, them different. And talk. We always talk about that dual purpose function functionality. Yeah. If you need to rip a beer real fast in the woods, bam, hopefully you can do that. Right there. Hopefully, you can rip before. A beer. Yeah. 
you you're beer bonging, and that's what makes you have to pee. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then after you, you pee, it's, you're done. But I, I would say you beer bong first, and then pee. Don't go pee then beer bong. That's yeah. it's just bad form. Yeah. Whatever. Leaves a bad to. taste in your mouth. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and metaphorically. I have heard <laughs> on on a real on a real note though with the you know having to. You know when nature calls in the middle of the night. I I know folks that um they that's why they make the argument for a floorless shelter, because they're like oh, just you know in the corner and off you go. I know folks that pee in their mm. now jeans, and then I also know folks that mm, and uh, they reuse it. Yeah, I'm mm. not going to name names. Uh, it's a mutual friend of ours, though. That's a horrible yeah. idea. I know. I would never. Or maybe they just use one water bottle as a pee bottle. How did we get on pee bottles? I that was, that's my fault. Because your P tube. Oh yeah, that's the a P tube. That's all right. The Classic derail. I'm glad you brought it up. I bet it's more of a joke, but I like to think of it as a as potential a, money maker. Yeah, <laughs> when you're like out there in the tent, you're like, I do not want to get out of this tent right now. Yeah. You might have to. What you may need to do is just design an entire tent, and the whole tent's purpose is to make it really easy to yeah. relieve yourself when you're in the tent. Hmm. Sounds messy. Yeah. Sounds think, like that one. I, th- I think I'll just operate the zipper. <laughs> now that I've rethought through this again, or when the P-tube comes out, then yeah. I'll use that. So, yeah, I, I guess I've shared some gems today, man. Whew. All my secrets. That's survival. Survival, toughen up, P-tube. I think that's... Yep. Serial killer tools. Toolkit. Generally <laughs> speaking. All, yeah. Right, yeah. I think like, we nailed it. I think we did too. What would you rather be stuck out in? Cold or hot cold and wet or hot and dry? Do I have water in the hot and dry? Um Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, hot and dry for sure. Yeah. That's I mean, that's more just like that's like a nice vacation. Yeah, I was gonna well, say yeah. that cold when, and wet when you asked that question, I was like, Well now it's an easy Because one. cold and wet, it's hard to warm up and it's hard to get dry. Right. And it's yeah, it's really hard. When you're when wet, everything sucks. Yeah. That's why it sucks up in Wisconsin when it's just like all year round humidity. Yeah, I don't like humidity. Like even just those days where it's sixty degrees and humid is not fun sometimes. No. So yeah, just being cold and wet is not fun. You being bring- hot and dry is like yeah, it's not- and I'm used to it. Desert. That's true. Yeah. You bring up so I feel like we've covered a lot of things here, and then you brought up well, do I have water? Right. And I feel like we've covered like kind of like a food component, water, shelter, fire right. for right. warmth but we didn't really cover water. So, like, I guess a little bit, like, what's your water system? What do you do? And it's all going to do, like, are you in the desert or are you in southeast Alaska, right? Like, your right. water availability and where you find it is going to be different. But, like, I guess what are kind of, like, the things that you carry with you? Like, you said a water bottle. Do you also carry a water bladder or do you always go just with a bottle? Um, I, I stopped using water bladders because one time I was, it was, like, real late season and the water bladder punctured and got everything wet, and then I was cold and wet, and that was not fun. I was pretty upset about that happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I just swore off water bladders after that. And then, actually, in the last year, two years ago, my dad and I were caribou hunting in Alaska. And I was like, Dad, you should stop using those water bladders. Like, they just always leak. He's like, no, I use them. I like them. I, I like to get my water. I was like, all right, whatever. Literally, after I said that, 10 minutes later, the hose thing had come off. And just gone all down his back. He was just soaking wet. Oh, no. Yeah. So I was like, that point proven. I guess if you're in like the desert or whatever, I I see the benefit of the water bladder. I've kind of decided to maybe give him another try. But also when I was guiding a lot, or I still guide a lot, but 
when I used the water bladder while guiding, that hose gets dirty. Right. And then you'd get like a sore throat and sick after you like, because I just never cleaned it. You know, you got this thing that's in the dirt half the time that you're putting it in your mouth. I d- so yeah. just the water bottle is better. It's easier to get water into it. You can kind of like scoop water. You can put water. You put it under something to get water. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bottle user. And then yeah. you bring in like a filter or something like that. I mean, it depends where I am. Most of the time, I, I just, if I'm in the Alpine, I, I just generally don't filter. I just drink it straight, straight. Okay. Um, if I'm somewhere where there's beavers or like bad water, then I bring, uh, now I use a SteriPen. Oh, okay. I think it's easier. Like you can keep it in your pocket. It's like you can do more of a whole, li- you know, whole liter bottle in a minute. The pump thing is just like heavy and bulky and I just, I haven't used one of those in years. And then if it, one thing that I used to use a lot was just like the potable aqua tablets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only use those for like, if you're just going on like a little three day mission, two day mission, having a couple of those is great. Um, they make the ones that have the, it's like the iodine tablet and then like the neutralizer tablet. Right. I like those ones. Trouble with that is like, you can't top off very easily. Cause you gotta, then you have to, you gotta either like drink all your water that's oh, because like, yeah. the ratio is all yeah. screwed up? Well, I mean, you can keep adding to it. But oh, it's, sure. I see what you're you know, saying. And then yeah. you got to have two bottles because you can't just drink it right away. It takes like a, there's a cure time. And then yeah. you got to like, if you're real bad water, you got to, I, I don't know, it's just kind of a pain. Yeah. Just go with the Steri pen thing. Seems to be the best. Okay. Unless you're somewhere where it's muddy water. I still own a filter for that kind of stuff. If I don't okay. know when I'm going somewhere funky. Yeah. What filter do you like for like super funky with like maybe a high level of debris in it? Then what I've just got like a catadine as I pronounce it, or okay, something like soy or something too. like that. Yeah. Just pump. I've got a couple different ones. MSR makes one too. My brother has that one. I've used that one. I've got an old MSR one that attaches to my Nalgene that I'm only used a handful of times. I, yeah, I've seen. Is that is it the pump one that attaches yeah, the Nalgene? It's got like a little tube with a like little floaty buoy thing that you can do and yeah. then the gil- and then like the, 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 like the spigot handle kind of yeah pump. it's like almost like uh i think it's on the side yeah it's been a while since i've looked at it actually that's actually a pretty cool way to do it but i've never filtered like really dirty water with it like yeah. it's always been like pretty clean water. to be honest um depends where i'm going i i'll most of the places i go there's nowhere to even like some place i go like hunting in nevada on my on my on that california big run sheep hunt i had to just cart water in, like make three or four trips and stash water. Okay. It just wasn't like, water's heavy. Yeah, it is. Eight pounds to the gallon or something like that. That's the prize. Yeah. like, you know, when you start out in the morning, you're like, oh, my pack's heavy. And at the end of the day, like this pack isn't heavy at all. And you're like, oh yeah, I just drank my two liters of water. Well, and so like, if you're going straight bottles, are you just bringing like, like one Nalgene or do you pack two mm. or just regular bottle water? Yeah, I do like uh it just depends, man. Depends yeah, how much I'm gonna sweat if it's hot. Probably I, I go underwatered probably. I'm dehydrated a lot. But I just started buying those liter and a half bottles. The tall Nalgene. Oh, whatever, okay. Oh know? yeah, yeah. I think those are a liter and a half or two liter. And then maybe I'll have that and then a smaller bottle. Okay. Yeah. If it's winter time, like late season, I actually just bring like it's heavy. This is another thing. It's like I'm not weight saving here. It's I'll bring like a um, one of those big Yeti bottles mm-hmm. because like this year, and you just like having a regular water bottle, your water just freezes solid in it. Yeah. Oh. You're right. like, well, what do I do now? 
So that le- like I bring an insulated bottle. It's heavy, but it's like at least I got water. And when I boil water, I can pour it in there, have some warm water to warm up. I've like that's a creature comfort that I don't mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Nothing like a frozen water bottle. I walk out to it all the time in my truck. Yeah, and that's another Wisconsin. reason I don't use the tube because you if you don't push it back in, then it's yep. all frozen. Oh yeah. yeah, it all freezes on your shoulder. Yeah, I had that happen to me in Colorado, and uh, then you got to reach like, back and like crunch up all the ice and whatnot, trying to like blow it back. And well, we're trying that, and then we actually we'd started a fire, and so like I'm standing by the fire trying to like unthaw my plastic tube. Oh you yeah, know, and then it did it go all right? No, it actually, I've had them like it worked. I've had like water bottles like blow out. <laughs> like, whoops, <laughs> Mark, you said something. Uh, you said a Wisconsin thing. What unthaw? Oh my gosh. That's a Wisconsin thing, unthaw. Yeah. Because it's not really like actually, if you think about it, that's it's freezing. That's actually like that's like a bugaboo thing for me. That I generally like when people say the word, the word, if we can call it that, unthaw. In my head, I'm like, it's just thaw. And now I've done it. And now I've done it. I'm proud of you. (laughs) I've been drawing out a lot of vowels lately, Jim. You're really coming into your own here as a as a Wisconsinite. Raymond, what do you think? Did we have we pretty much gone over like what? Did we miss anything? Yeah, did we miss anything? No, I don't think so. I mean, I that's mean, pretty much how you yeah. do it when you're out there. Yeah. Just get bushy. Get bushy. It doesn't yeah. have to be... Be bushy. Yeah, be be bushy. Just go out and practice a lot. Yeah, and just take what makes you comfortable. Don't listen to me and be like, oh, Remy told me not to take this, and then, and then you're out there and then you know, you're in a Donner party situation, your children have to eat you. And it's like, they come back and they're like, this Remy Warren podcast thing that I listened to <laughs> really sucked. Like we were trapped in 50 feet of snow crossing the Sierras. And then it's just like, it went to <laughs> from there. I didn't bring my puffy jacket. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to be responsible for that, but I will say that I, I will be responsible for encouraging people to practice basic, just like basic outdoor skills, like building a fire and, um, maybe just kind of that kind of stuff. Just be aware of what you have with you and at least have some purposes for the stuff that you're carrying around the way I, I, I mean, this is just my personal thing is like the way that I generally figure out what I want in my pack. If I go out and there's something in that pack that I haven't used, then why do I keep taking it? So yeah. then I kind of just get rid of that. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much stuff like that for years. I carried around this giant lens for my camera to film with and solo hunters. And I was like, yeah, I've carried this heavy lens, and I think I've used it zero times. It's like, I'm going to stop carrying this thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just sick of carrying this. Like, yeah, there's just certain things that you just don't use. I don't know what it is. If it's just convenience factor, not knowing where it is, it gets buried in the pack or whatever. You just don't use it. So you're like, nah, you know, stop, stop taking it. If it's not essential. Makes not perfect essential sense. Stuff. Well, I like it. I like it, too. I've got a lot of takeaways. I need to quit counting ounces from the couch. Toughen up and get bushy. Get bushy. bushy. Yeah. All right. That's good. Hashtag get bushy, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time, whatever that's going to be. Who knows? You never know. It's always something different every week, pretty much. So, uh, yeah. Happy hunting and shooting, everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Remy. Thanks, Remy. Bye. 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 All right. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show, maybe what you like, 
maybe what you didn't like, so that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released, so that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you could take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So, again, everybody, thanks, and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.